Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right, Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in this former Bearcat. Now, listen, he reached out to me after he listened to some of the podcast, and he said this, and I quote, I feel unworthy. What's my interview going to be like 10 minutes? Now, listen, I, I totally disagree. I think he has a story to tell. He is one of the tallest players to ever put on a Bearcat uniform, and I'd like to welcome in from Trenton, New Jersey, Biggie McLean. What up, Big? Hey, what's up, money? Mitch, how's everything going? I'm doing well. Hey, give everybody the uh, backstory on the name Biggie. Uh, what happened was when uh, I was my uh, I had just left St. Patrick's, and uh, my mom was looking for a school for me to go to. It was between like American Christian, South Kent, Laurenburg, Philly Lutheran, and uh, I went to a camp called. Uh, Eastern Invitational, and the coach seen me there. He was like, a 15-year-old, seven-foot, seven-footer. Can he chew gum and walk at the same time? And they was like, yeah. So he called my mom, got in touch with my mom, and said, if you let me take him, I'll come down and get him right now. So when he came down to get me, on the way back, I was uh, rapping Biggie Smalls. So <laughs> I had a little baby face, so the coach was like, oh, I'm just going to call you Biggie Talls. So Biggie Talls <laughs> is always stuck, and then eventually just became Biggie. Yeah, and still to this day. Everybody still calls you Biggie, huh? Yeah, uh, everybody in Maryland and uh, Cincinnati. Oh, man, that's dope. Now, listen, I, I think you have an interesting story. And, you know, I want to go through your journey. And during my podcast, um, when I have former players on, you know, I, I kind of go through their history with basketball. And, and I want to do that with you. But I kind of want to have a different twist on it because I think your story is important. And it's 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 different than other journeys. And so, and here's what I mean. I'm going to take you through this. So you're originally from Trenton, New Jersey. And, and for those that live in Cincinnati and other areas that aren't familiar, tell everybody about Trenton. Oh, man, Trenton is a, Trenton is a rough place, especially coming up when I came up. Uh, my mom just tried to, uh, I didn't, I didn't even play basketball coming up. I played football, but uh but to keep me off the streets and to keep me busy, my mom made me play basketball. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. She made me and forced me. So uh, it was just something. Trenton is a lot of gangs. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was a rough like it was a, a city full of wolves. And yeah, she, it, it was tough for you. So, but I'm, I'm thankful of, of it at the same time because uh, my mentality that, that it would take me to have. For sure. Now, look, I know this is gonna be very random, but I'm a big hip hop fan. You know, I go back to to the '90s hip hop. There was a rap group that I loved out of Trenton, and I, I guarantee you've never heard of them. 
Did something teach you? I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, my God. You won't say it. Just say it. It's going to make my day. Uh, some, uh, the name yep. is in my head. I can't. Poor Righteous Teachers. Yes. I can't, I can't think of the name. But, yes, because they did a uh, – see, we have this famous bridge. You know where George Washington crossed the Delaware River? Mm-hmm. Yep. We have a bridge in Trenton, New Jersey. That they did the video shoot on it. It says Trenton makes the world takes on it. Yep. So, like, as a kid, like, everybody knows about Poor Righteous Teachers coming up around town. Oh, man. That's like – that was, like, one of – my favorite rap groups back then and my buddies like that was that was the movement now there there also was somebody famous that was born in Trenton probably one of the most famous people that uh, is Dennis, Rod, uh, Dennis yeah. Rodman was born in Trenton Dennis Rodman uh yeah we Crazy. also have the comedian some more the comedian she's from Trenton okay oh like yeah we got we got we got a few great grants Old school basketball player from back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got we got quite a few. Quite a few that was born in Britain, Trent. Hey, I've got a little trivia for you. Let's see if you can guess this. I don't, I don't know if you know this. I don't know how you would know this. But uh, Dennis Rodman is the oldest in his family of all the children. He's the oldest. Do you know how many siblings he says he has? Was it like nine or eleven? Nope. I, 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 I swear to you, he, he said this. He has 47 siblings. Wow. That's a village. That is that's all the trend right there. He's got the, that's crazy. But um, let's, let's talk about, that. yeah, it's crazy. I guess his, I, I think maybe his father was in the military or something and was, Kind of bouncing around. I, I don't. I don't the Rolling Stone. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Uh, so let's talk about your high school career. Um, and and just you know how. And and there's something else I want to jump into in high school. But um, like you said, you you grew up in a really really bad area. Um, your mom kind of pushed you into playing um, basketball. So talk to us about the the high school career. Um, my first year playing real basketball. Um, played football. The summer. Then uh tried out for freshman team. I I have been cut from sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. I've been cut every year, so I just went on a little ninth grade year. I made How team. tall were you then? I was about that year I grew like eight inches in a year. So Whoa. from eighth grade to freshman year I probably was about a good six, eight, six, nine. Wow. And uh I made the freshman team but I didn't play. I would come to the game when it was like you no, know, we was up by twenty thirty. Uh I would come play and then um I was getting in trouble. I wasn't going to classes in school. My mom wanted me to get me out of the city, so uh, somehow uh, St. Pat's took a liking to me. So mm-hmm. I went up to St. Pat's with Kevin Boyle, but the only thing was I was just I was just so young and I wasn't I wasn't ready for that type of environment because going up to St. Pat's was extremely different. Like in the lineage of players that they have that will come back and see us and hoop it as an open gym like Shaheen Holloway and Mike Nardi and the Grant Bill Myers like. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, it was it was a crazy atmosphere for a young kid, and I was mm-hmm. uh, commuting. Uh, I wake up at like five thirty in the morning, to make it to school by eight o'clock. Wow, this was on the other side of Jersey, so mm-hmm. I would uh catch a bus to the train station, catch a train, and catch a bus, and then get to school. I do that every day. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, too much for my mom to take care of, and that's when um I went to camp and started seeing what other schools I could go to to get me out of New Jersey because I was still coming back and forth, so it wasn't helping the situation. Mm-hmm. 
So then that's when um I went down to D.C. to National Christian Academy, and uh, it changed my life. You know, my coach mm-hmm. Trevor Brown was a, a hard-nosed coach. He was a a, a run-first, ask-questions-later type of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I played with D.C. Assault, which also changed my life with uh, getting seen and playing in big-time tournaments and going to big-time camps, and that's when everything kind of opened up for me as far as, like, recruitment and things like that. And, and and Biggie, correct me if I'm wrong on this here, but the, you know the the high school situation in, in AAU was was very helpful for you um, when you had your coaches because you didn't meet your father until you were 19. Yeah, yeah, I didn't meet until I was 19. So I mean that that stage was so important for you to have some sort of father figure in your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now, okay, let's get to. I, I want to talk about this before we get into more basketball, but. Your, your father, you you didn't meet him till you were you were nineteen. What 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 was the deal with that, and and how'd that go? Oh man, there's a weird story behind that. Um, so I met I, I met his brother. His brother had got released from prison. I met his brother when I was like around, I was ten, eleven. And uh, after that, when I found out, you know, I went on the search because I mean, I was that's what really caused me being a rebel because I like I didn't know myself and like it was a part of me that was just I don't know how to explain it. So. I just went on a search for about two, three years. Uh, Someone told me to call my family member because he worked downtown. And um, he, he used to date somebody close to my dad. He used to date somebody close to my dad, and he ended up getting his number. And this is right after I committed to Cincinnati when all this happened. Hmm. And uh, you know, I called him. I found out I had another brother. Uh, we, we still keep in contact, but it really wasn't nothing. I mean, I'm thankful because he's my father. He brought me to life. But it was at that point, it was just you know, I just want to be respectful towards you. No bad blood. No, I have no hatred towards you. I respect you and kept it moving. Yeah. Wow. You know, a lot of people don't experience that. So just, and I think it's important as we start to you paint your picture here. Um, I think it's important for people to understand your journey, and also for the fans to understand when they watch. Bearcat basketball or whatever college team they watch, every kid that's out there in a uniform or sitting on the bench has some sort of story, and you yeah. don't know what their story is. So, I mean, that's that's pretty powerful that you didn't know your father for that long. You, you know, you finally meet him. Um, and you, you were saying that this is in the process of you um, committing to UC. So yeah. tell us about that whole process. Uh, first, who was recruiting you um, besides UC? And then what made you decide to go to the University of Cincinnati? Oh, for me, I was me, uh I, I was spoiled and I played with DC Assault, so you know, guys like Austin Freeman and uh Mike Beasley and Nolan Smith, mm. uh, Navarro Bowman played played at that time also. Uh Ray Brewer, like we had a lot of a lot of D one prospects, so you know, everybody would come see us. So for <laughs> right. me, uh I went to school in DC so, you know, JT3 was always at the gym, uh, but my biggest thing was I wanted to play in the Big East. You know, uh, Billy Donovan down there, Florida, he uh, recruited me. I felt like I could probably go anywhere besides, like, Duke, North Carolina, uh, Notre Dame, Stanford, those type schools. I wouldn't get recruited, but, you know, for the most part, a little bit of everybody. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was, uh, I was a four-star recruit, so I had my pick of the litter. And then so what started the process with uh, UC? Uh, I didn't know nothing about UC to my senior year. I didn't know anything about Cincinnati, to be honest with you. Uh, 
the first time I seen the Cincinnati logo was on Tony Stubblefield when he came down to see me. Really? Uh, yeah. So it it was I didn't know nothing about Cincinnati. I started learning as the process goes, and what's crazy is. You know, James White and Demar Johnson both played for my AU team. Right, that's uh, right. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So James White would always come down to see us, but I never paid any mind. I had the connection to both, and uh, I uh, I wanted to, at first I'd be I'd be I wanted to go to Georgetown first. That was my that was my dream school, Georgetown. Okay. Took my high school point guard at the time was at Georgetown, uh, Jesse Sapp. Mhm. But he was there, so I'm always up there. So for at the start of recruitment. That was my number one, and it was um, it was Georgetown, UConn, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh were my final four. Big time. And uh, I was those little. Uh, I, my first visit, my only visit was Cincinnati, and uh, you know when I came to Cincinnati, you know uh, it, it was it was I loved the campus. It wasn't too big, it wasn't too small. I didn't really think I didn't really think about seating Hall of Rutgers, so I wanted to stay out of New Jersey. At that mm-hmm. point, I've been in D.C. so long, I kind of want to go out of D.C. also and just be on my own. I didn't want nobody being able to keep tabs on me, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, and Mick, man, Mick was Mick was a straight shooter. Mick was a straight shooter, and Tony Stubblefield, he he really, uh, that's what really made me want to go, just talking to him, and it made me, I would have somebody there that I could relate to. That was my biggest thing, because a lot of coaches that come see or talk to you, it really can't relate to your situation or what you've been through, but when you have somebody that can relate to you, it makes it a little bit different. It makes the bond a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you decide to go to UC, you come in there. And just looking at your career um, overall, I want to throw out some stats here, Biggie. So you averaged two points a game. You played in 98 games in your career. Um, during your career, how do you view your career as a Bearcat? Uh, for me, it was weird because uh, my highlight to being at UC was making a ESPN top 10 my freshman year against mm-hmm. Louisville. And uh, one of the games, I was in the layup line, and I had this weird feeling in my foot. And it got to the point where we got in trouble one day, and I literally couldn't run. Couldn't run at all. So uh, it took me to the to uh, Dr. Colosimo, and they told me I had uh, bone spurs that were that were bad because the, my senior year I fractured and broke my foot mm-hmm. and didn't know it. So it was a uh, it, it healed the wrong way. So I did a little bone spurs. So I had a uh, surgery, and by the time I came back, uh, it was we had Yancey Gates coming in, we had a uh, Steve Toilo coming in, and we had Ibrahim Thomas coming in. So. Uh, by the time I was able to get back, I was so far behind that it was kind of tough to catch up. Mm-hmm. And even at that point, uh, what people don't know is I talked. I talked to Mick, and uh, I told Mick I wanted to transfer. Mm. And uh, we sat down, and that, the, that's when me and Mick really got close because. Uh, and, and before that process, I would avoid Mick's office. I would do everything in my part to avoid Mick. And then we we found ourselves talking every day, and I was either going to transfer to uh, Bowling Green. I'll get back down to Maryland mm-hmm. in uh, my junior year. And uh, he was going to give me my release, and we was all good. And uh, But my thing was uh, we, me and my guys came in together as freshmen, and uh, basketball was the only thing that I, w- I wasn't really happy with. But the school, I was loving it, classes, my teammates. So I didn't want to leave Cincinnati for another situation, and it turns out I didn't like it and regret my decision. So I mm-hmm. was, And then I had my daughter. My daughter was uh, on the way also, so – 
I told myself no matter what happened, I was going to gut it out to the finish no matter what happened. And I, I think there's a lot to say for that because, I mean, look at today. <clears throat> today, and I think as of like maybe Monday of this week, Big, there are 525 players in the transfer portal for college basketball right now. Yeah. 525. That is that is insane. And the thing is, like, some of them are justified. Like, I, I get some of the kids jumping in the transfer portal, but sometimes I think there's a lot about, you know, sticking it through, toughing it through, and, and you did that. Um, now, the question I have is, were you happy with that decision? And as you look back on your career, would you have done it differently? Uh, I, I played in situations in my head a lot, but at the same time, uh, it made me the man I am today. Mm-hmm. And the Bearcat family, as far as like you know, the older guys like you and yourself, Corey Blunt, Ruben Patterson. I mean, it was a, it was a great family atmosphere, you know. Besides yeah. the fact, you know, of course, I wish I could have did them, but at the same time, I can say a lot of basketball part was me because. Me to have a career I did, it was still times where, you know, Mick would in practice and say, Hey, you're starting tomorrow after not playing five or six games. So for me it was oh no, it was weird. It was weird for wait, me wait, wait. playing the Big East. How how was that? That you go you, you don't play five games and then he tells you you're starting. <laughs> what was that like? It was weird because the first time it happened, uh, we were playing uh, UNLV. We had just lost to Florida State and uh we were about to play UNLV and he said, I like the way you had screens in practice, you're starting tomorrow. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Like, really. And uh, there'd be times where we'd go play a team in the Big East, and he'd be like, oh, you're starting tomorrow. And I'd just be like, what? Like, he'd be like, because we had uh, steak at the pregame. I used to love steak. Mm-hmm. And when my and uh, when my daughter's being born, I just had this craving steak. So he'd be like, hey, lay off the steak. You're playing today. So, so lay off the steak today. So for me, it was it was weird. It was That was the weirdest part about it because and I was a team captain, too, my senior year. But for me, I was mm-hmm. like, damn, I'm the only I'm the only team captain in America that don't actually play. <laughs> no, okay, so so why did he make you a team captain? Uh, at that point, I was there for four years. Uh, a lot of people respected me, you know. And then even with uh, even with Yancey, like, you know, every times in games where, you know, I could say something to Yancey, and he'd be like, okay, cool, like, okay, I, I see what he don't see, and I'd be like his eyes on the bench. So, I mean, everybody respected me, so it was only right, I guess. Mhm. Or it could now, go bad for me either way, but I take the other part though. Yeah. So as you as you look back on this, what did you learn from you know your experience? You didn't you didn't play a whole bunch. Um, and I always tell people, you know, uh, basketball is like you know a microcosm of life, man. There's so many life lessons you learn, but you know, what did you learn from your your experience playing for the Bearcats? Uh, there's a certain type of grit you got to have for this game, and uh, I mean, you, I mean, you put in you put in. Uh, you work for what you get. You know, uh, I can't look back and be like, oh, I'm disappointed. I'm depressed about how college went. I mean, it's over and done with now. There's nothing I could do about it. But moving forward, I can make the best of whatever I have in front of me. Yeah. I mean, did you do you feel like – and I've talked to different players who say, you know, man, I could have – I mean, I could have worked harder. Like, there, there, were, there were off seasons where I just kind of was in a bad space. Do you feel like from the beginning to the end – you gave everything? Uh, nah, I say 50-75% because of me. In high school, my coach was on me. I mean, Coach Trevor Brown from National Career, he was always on me. He kept me sheltered. Uh, he didn't let me talk to everybody. He didn't let everybody around me. So, 
you know, when I got to UC, mind you, I graduated with 12 people in my class. That goes to show you right there. They come to UC where, you know, everybody knows your name and right. you, you have nobody there that's like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. So at first that was the hardest thing getting used to and adapting to. Mm-hmm. I would say that was the hardest thing. And and let me ask you how, how your mentality was with this. Um, and I know this this had to be hard. Um, you know, you're, you're seven feet. You're one of the tallest Bearcats in the history to, to wear the uniform. And, you know, you walk around campus. And just, just watching the team warm up, you can't miss Biggie McLean. But yet you didn't play a lot. I mean, how, how did that wear on you? Because people expect you're seven feet. You, you've got to be playing. And, and I know for a fact I was around when people would say to Mick, like, Mick, why aren't you playing him more? Why don't you put him in? I mean, how how was that just being – and you had to get it, you know, walking around campus. I got it everywhere. Uh, for me, it was it was weird because even when I did play, I was pretty I was pretty productive in the, the little minutes I did play. So it was not like I mean I was just I was just out there. You know, mm-hmm. it was times where you know we had to go in the Big East where Dancy got suspended and I had to play big minutes. And I was I was pretty productive, you know. So that was, that was a tough part. And I would ask Nick all the time. You know, I would go, got my put on a little weight, you know. Uh, but but he was. My foot was a my foot played a big part in the situation. Like my foot played it because it's also the same injury that ended Yao Ming's career and a couple other players' career also. So that was mm. that was a big factor. And I wasn't mm. as mobile as I was coming off the foot injury because of the type of surgery I had. Mm-hmm. So so give me some uh, memorable games while at UC. Uh memorable. I would have to say, dang, there's so many. Of course, the the ESPN highlight against Louisville my freshman year at Louisville. Uh, All right, take, take us through that. Uh, so what happened was it was a close game. We actually won that game too. So mm-hmm. something happened. I got mad. I took my headband off. And uh, <laughs> so I get in the game, and I want to say John Williams. John Williams passing the ball. So I seen Dave. It was Juan Plas. It was David Patrick coming. So I just closed my eyes and I jumped. I ended up dumping the ball in, and I closed my eyes as all this happened. So when I when I open my eyes back up, it doesn't hit me that the ball actually went in until I look at like the bench reaction and and like that. So like for me, that was my biggest highlight. Plus, you know, coming back home, all your friends hitting you up because they just saw you on ESPN. That was that was that was a pretty cool. That was a pretty cool moment. And playing in the garden also for sure. Playing in the garden. Oh yeah, the mecca. Yeah, that was that was you know seeing you no know, like uh, Bill Clinton came to the game, seeing Denzel there, like it was a man, it was a sight to see at the at the uh, garden. And that was for the uh, Big East tournament. Uh, yeah, yeah, and also when I go back to Georgetown, like going back to Georgetown, I mean it means a lot. I get a chance to talk to Big John whenever I got whenever I got a chance to play there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because you know the time Jesse Sapp and Patrick Young Jr. played for the team, which they both went to my high school, so. But those like my big brother, so uh, it was always good playing against them. So, and I have this discussion with with people sometimes about when players finish playing college basketball, you see some guys get better. Um, I can speak for myself. When I finished playing for Bob Huggins in UC, I got better for whatever reason. Now, obviously, I'm not practicing against 
uh, Ruben Patterson, Melvin Levitt, Kenyon Martin, those type of guys. But I would go playing, you know, rec leagues and different things. <clears throat> and, yeah. man, I, I got in the best shape. I got even better shape than when I was at UC. Something just clicked for me. And there are a lot of players, it clicks for them. Did it click for you after college? Yeah, it really did because I would go back a lot after games and say myself, uh, why didn't I think about this in college or why wouldn't I do this in college? Because now it's like it's, – but some, for some reason, like, in the college scoring was so hard to just – grabbing the rebound was hard. Like, everything was just hard. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was, but, you know, as I got to my body and start knowing my strengths and know what I could do and became more confident, I think that was the biggest issue is being more confident because overseas – you have to do it. There's no – I'm going to sit you on the bench and let you learn your lesson. You know, overseas, is, I'm going to see you home if you don't get this done. So, to me, I was kind of forced to position. My first year was a great situation because I was a role player. Then the year after that, uh, the team wanted me to score. It took me a long time to get down to it. But, uh, you know, then getting to Asia, that's when it really had to take off because, you know, you're like the number one option. I never was the number one option before, so that was the first for me. And seeing what it felt like, I understand how selfless it can be, but I also understand like when you put in the work and you do certain stuff, it it makes mm-hmm. you feel that you put the work in to be able to be where you at. And and actually, big, let's let's rewind it a little bit. So when when you get out of UC, you go play for the Harlem Globetrotters. Is that right? Yeah, I was done with basketball. Was that? I was done with basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I was that, that. I was. I didn't want to play basketball at that point. Uh, so how that all happened was um. I can't think of his name. He's from Columbus, and he used to work for the. He used to know people in Harlem Globetrotters, and I would come work out with him. And that was just to a point where I was debating if this is really for me. Like I was really over basketball. You know, my I had a bad taste in my mouth after college, so uh, I did the Globetrotter thing just because it was basketball, and it really wasn't nothing that I would, I would hate. So I figured I'd just do it. So uh, it was cool. I had Darnell with me most of the yeah. time. So it was cool having him with me. And, uh, you know, throughout the, throughout the year, uh, the older players were just like, yo, why are you here? Like, yeah, you could actually hoop. Like, you could, you could because uh, it was a guy on the team that played for the Chicago Bulls for a little bit. So, they always talked to me and a lot of other players. And they were like, yo, you could do this. And little by little, like, my hunger started coming back. So, uh, the next year, uh, after the growth job, I tried, my, tried to come back overseas. And it was tough because I took the year off. So, that was the hardest part when people were taking a chance on me. So, I got to Europe. And uh, had a great first year. Uh, I got in the best shape. That was probably the best shape I've ever been in in my life. That was my first year in Europe. That was for sure. Mm-hmm. That gave me a, a chance to just see that I really could do this and, and not to give up on it. Not to give up, not just yet. So after that, it kind of like changed my life. Mm-hmm. So so how many years have you been playing professionally? Uh, I would say <laughs> seven or eight. Okay. And and what are you averaging right now? Um, last year in the Taiwan, I averaged seventeen to fourteen. And this year, before my foot fracture, I was averaging eighteen to fourteen, and it dropped a little bit afterwards. Mm-hmm. Then the got canceled, but for the month, and I was going to win defense for the year this year, but they they jipped me. But that's another story. <laughs> but no, listen, big, that's crazy. You go from averaging two points a game for the Bearcats. To, you're playing professionally now, averaging 17, 18 points a game. And and listen, and I've talked to Trey Scott um, about this. So much of sports 
basketball, football, doesn't, doesn't matter what it is. It's so mental, man. Yeah, it is. And, it, and you, you talked about, you know, those guys on the Harlem Globetrotters that were telling you, like, hey, big man, you got to go do this. And I think that gives you – I mean, that you know deep down you can do it, but sometimes you yeah. just need that push, right? Yeah, for me, it was always confidence. I feel like it was always lacking confidence. Yep. For, for sure. For sure. You, you, and you feel um, like if, if you would have had that – if you would have had a higher level of confidence in, in college, I think it would have been a different story. Yeah, because uh, if you look, also look at it as – I'm playing against Gates every day. He's one of the, he was one of the best centers in the biggest at the time. So I'm yep. playing against every day. So you know I have no choice but to get better or get killed every day. So that, that's how <laughs> that's how I went. That's how I looked at it. Question. Now, hey, um, you've got a Bob Huggins story. A Bob Huggins story. Uh, oh yeah, I do, I do, I do. Um, let's go back to that two points a game. So. Uh, <laughs> Me and, uh, right. me, me and Deshaun Butler, we came up together in Jersey. When I first started playing basketball, we played on the same team together. And then when I went to high school in D.C., me and John started playing against each other. We got cool. So John Fires and uh, Deshaun Butler, I was pretty cool with them. So both, both played for West Virginia and for Hugs. Yes, sir. So later on down the line, me and Flowers was talking about something. And uh, he was like, man, I ain't never got cursed out before by hugging until – until you came around, because uh, one game we playing at Cincinnati, and before the half, I scored my two points. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he gets to the locker room, and he says, "Hug start using all type of languages," and you know what I mean by that. So, oh, I do. The whole the whole halftime, the whole fifteen minutes of halftime was about me scoring those two points. <laughs> right. I went on the scout report. He just said he just they got they man they he let them have it that game all because I scored two points they ain't talking about nothing else it's my two points that's funny and and you know the the crazy thing is I I could I can hear I can put the whole thing together like I can hear Hugs's voice I can tell you what he's saying I've been in that locker room before bro I totally get that what you what you think when he told you that it made my day like dang, <laughs> like dang like. It made, made my day. But also, I mean, I got a chance to meet Bob Huggins a lot during my recruitment process and, you know, running to him at AAU tournaments. He was, he was a good. I had a chance. I had a chance to go to Kansas State. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. But you got to think, uh, got a couple guys with decent on that team. And, uh, one of the old, uh, one of the old coaches was from, came from Cincinnati also. From Cincinnati uh, to UNC Charlotte to Kansas State with him. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name at the moment, though. Um, um, a, pl- a former player or coach? Not coach, 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 coach. He had a he had a he had a ball hit also. Um, came from UNC field. Charlotte, huh? Came from UNC Charlotte. Yeah, he went from UNC Charlotte. Then he went to uh Kansas State the next year. Huggins got the job. Uh, was that Delante or yes, 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 that's what it was. Cause what? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that like Beasley's like uncle or? Wasn't he related to Beasley or something? Uh, he he had a, he was affiliated with DC Assault program at once. Upon okay, time, that's what it was. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And Beasley played for DC Assault, correct? Yes, sir. Gotcha. I do remember that now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and quickly speaking of that, I, I remember you sent me a message one day, and this was God, I think it was maybe last year. I think it was, 
and you you hit me up and you're like, man, you you will never guess who's on my team. This was you're playing professionally. Yeah. And I'm like, oh juice. I'm like, who? And you you're like from Cincinnati. I'm like from Cincinnati. I'm thinking Bearcats, but you're talking about played high school ball here. OJ Mayo. Yeah. Man, that blew my mind when you when you hit me up with that one. And I'm Small like, world. yeah. And I'm like, how's he doing? So what what was that like? Talk to me about talking with him. He's had kind of a rough patch. Oh man, it was it was probably one of my one of my favorite years overseas. Man, I learned I learned a lot. I learned a lot, and uh, that was that was also a confidence builder, also. And uh, you know the league was so cutthroat, and they bring a lot of pros in and out of the league and out of that league. So uh, we we had some tough times there. It was time where um, you know we just made the playoffs, and a uh, former NBA guy just got got free to play, and they're gonna replace me with him. You know, but OJ was uh he was more of some. I mean, he had my back the whole time. Where he was like, if he leave, I'm leaving too. Really? Which kind of yeah, which kind of forced the team hand to to uh not release not release me, even though it wasn't because of how I was planning it. It was just because politics. Mhm. I get it. Yeah, but also practice wise, learned a lot from him. Off the court, learned a lot from him. Like so, it, it was it was it was a good situation for me for sure, for sure. And 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 how how was he doing at that time? Because I know. He was in the NBA. He had some issues. Was out of basketball, and, and then he jumps overseas. And, and and how was he doing at that time? Uh, you know, it was just peaceful. It was peaceful. Mm-hmm. It was extremely peaceful. You know, uh, sometimes it's good to just get away. Yeah. You know, just get away and get away from everybody and everything, <laughs> and just focus on one thing at hand. And he was just happy to be back playing basketball. Did he Did he talk to you about? Um, just like his experience through basketball, because you talk about a wild story. So, I mean, if you think about it big, like LeBron James was like the first one. He, he, LeBron was like the guy. And then the next one was OJ Mayo. You agree with that, right? Like everybody's talking about OJ. I would would definitely, I would definitely agree. And so, and, and just his path, man, was just kind of, there was like, you know, gets to USC and then there's allegations of this and that. Then he gets to the NBA and it's kind of did he did he just talk about that experience and and those struggles? Uh, you know, you know, we you know, I was always I was acting because me we were we we have we didn't really know each other but we always crossed paths. Well, from mm-hmm. basketball camps to AU games, so you know, it was it was one of it was it wasn't so it wasn't like meeting a stranger. Gotcha. We was able to like pick up them both been living in Cincinnati, so it was cool. I would pick his brain a lot about the NBA and big men in the NBA and what they could do and what they can do. Mm-hmm. And he would always just tell me, he'd just be like, I mean, you get in the best shape you can, you can play anywhere you want. Yep. Like he was like, you can play anywhere. He was like, I play with a lot of NBA guys, but you get in the best shape you can, you can play anywhere you want. I mean, I, I would talk to him about certain stuff, but at the same time, I would try not to talk, not to bring up touchy subjects. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? So, so it was one of those things where, I mean, ask, don't tell. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. and plus, I know and it was still kind of fresh too. So, it was one of those things where, I mean, I was trying not to, you know, see. And plus, you know, we around each other all day, so we don't really want to be on, you know, on that type of time with somebody you got to see every day or just awkward. You know what I mean? Because right. some people might not feel comfortable with, you know, talking about certain things. Yep. Now, it, wh- where's he now? Oh, uh, he just. He just uh he just went to China. Okay. 
Okay. You want to sign up for the uh, CBA? Okay. We played in the same league last year. No, it, it was cool. It was cool. Uh, it was also um, no, it was cool. It, it was a definitely became good friends after that season for sure. Now, do you think um, you think you'll continue to play overseas for five, ten more years? I know some people play for a long time over there. I mean, I think it's the right opportunity here. I think he get back. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. For me, uh, I tell myself, uh, I always say it's about 37, 38 at the max. You know, how do you have girls when they turn about 13, 14? I definitely want to be there. That's for how, those times. Like, how old are you now, Big? I'm 31. I just turned 31 in November. Okay. Okay. So okay. And then as a big man, it's a lot easier to play longer than it would be a guard because our games really don't change. Mm-hmm. But at least and it all depends on me. I still have my goals. I definitely still have my goals. And, and, and tell everybody that's listening that doesn't understand what it's like playing overseas, how how different is that game than the NBA-style game or even college game? Uh, it's, a, it's a lot different, especially it, it differs from region to region. You know, uh, you know, uh, in Europe it was it was pretty physical. They ran a lot. They ran a lot in Europe. And then uh, some places in like Asia is extremely physical where you really got to be bleeding to, to get a foul call as, a, as an import. You know, so it could be some leagues are really tough, and then like uh, you got a lot of dirty players too. So <laughs> it, can, it can be, and you also got some situations where the living living isn't all that. You know, where you don't have hot water, or you know, it's crazy. So being in the right situation is is, is a blessing. But yeah. I done heard of some uh, horror stories. I have too. You know, I, I had a friend that uh that that was in uh Libya when. When everything went down with Gaddafi, so I'd I'd have heard some horror stories. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, so that's crazy. Is, so I mean, I I mean, from you know, there's been times where a player might not get paid by the team. Okay. So it's it's a lot of stuff that people don't know about that goes on with the overseas thing. I had a friend play overseas, played an entire season, big, and then when the season was over, never got paid. Couldn't get a hold of people. When just told him flat out, told him you're not getting paid. After the first month is is is, is I shut it down after the first month. That's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, like it, it, I done seen some some stuff happen. Like some teams, some teams really do that. I didn't heard of guys going three, four months without getting paid. Mm-hmm. You know, but also that's the that's that's also on the agent also because he's supposed to have a report with the team and and he has he's supposed to have your best interest. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's. Is man, I I have I play I started with a lot of guys when I first came out to play overseas, and a lot of the same guys aren't playing anymore because I mean either you fall out of love with the game and it's not what it's all cracked up to be, or you know you know certain injuries like me and like last year me and uh, me and Bishop was in Taiwan together. I mean in Thailand together. Rashad Bishop. Yeah, me and Rashad Bishop. He played for one team. I played for another. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's he? it's a grind. It's definitely a grind. How how's he doing? He's doing good. He's doing good. Uh, he's in he's in Vegas right now. Okay. He's Training, Vegas, but he's doing he's doing good. Yeah, still in good shape. Still bouncing and smooth. <laughs> he still got it. He still got it. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, listen. At the end of the podcast, I always like to do quick questions, quick answers with all my guests. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Quick questions, quick answers with Biggie McLean. Here we go. Question number one: If you could be any height. How tall would you want to be? 
six seven. Why? Uh, I don't like attention, and you know, I get a lot of attention. Even when I don't want to get, I get a lot of attention. Where at least I could be somewhat normal, mm-hmm. not too short at the same time, and it'd be easier to find clothes. Yep, <laughs> buy clothes. Yep, for sure. What size shoe do you wear? Eighteen. Woo! How hard is that? Uh, not as it used to be. It's a lot. It's a lot easier now. A lot easier. Yeah. Internet. Yeah, definitely internet. You know, got 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 a couple plugs. You know. Gotta have gotta have the plug. You gotta have a shoe plug. Yeah, so so it's a little it's a little easier now. Gotcha. All right. Um, now we're talking about your Bearcat days. If you had to go to battle, and you had to take one teammate with you, who would you go to battle with? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Why could you say like two or three? Because one, like I said about my year at Cincinnati, like everybody was, everybody was ready. Yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, so got Oh, I gotta say, you know what? No, no knock to anybody. No knock to anybody. I love all you guys I played with, but I'm gonna say, uh, Shaw Bishop. Okay. Okay. You know, good. You know, because we also we started in the Big East where we didn't do anything to make it to national. I mean, to the uh, NCAA tournament. So mm-hmm. I got to go with who I came in with. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Now, you being from the East Coast, from the New Jersey area, close to New York, um, New York is the, the birthplace of hip-hop music. Um, in your eyes, who is the greatest rapper of all time? Ooh, I'm not really a big rapper. I'm more R&B type of guy. But, uh, dang. Rapper? I would have to give it. I, I give it to Jay. Okay, Jay Z. Uh, you know that's that's mine. So we're gonna agree on that. Yeah. Um, I I would think coming from, you know, the East Coast, you'd be big in the hip hop. I'm more I'm more R and B guy, man. I do I like hip hop, but I'm more of an R and B guy. So you one of them smooth dudes trying to right. sing with the girls and stuff. I see how it is. Who's your <laughs> who, Who's your favorite R and B artist? Man, I could man, I could go from H Town. I could go from Silk. Man, oh, I could. Oh. Talking about that '90s R&B, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, player, I could, I could go down the list, man. Wait, <laughs> well, can you sing, big? Not at all. Okay, all right. I get, I get my Barry White on if I, if I had to. If you had to. Yeah, if I had to. <laughs> I say that'd be crazy if you could like, if you could sing really well. I can't think of anybody that's seven feet that can like really sing. That'd be different. All right, I think could... about that, big. Think about that. It's not too I late. I got you. All right. Um, now, the last question. Do you have one talent that people would be surprised to know about? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm uh, – ah, dang, what's the word for it? I'm uh, – dang, what's the word for it? I can't think of the word for it right now. I can – um. I could pull my shoulders from my back to my front without releasing Whoa. my hands. You you can oh like the uh, yeah what's that called when they the people with their body that contort their bodies? Yeah, my my do, shoulders are double jointed. Oh really? Yeah. So you're not like super flexible, but I you're still Indian style. Really? Yeah. <laughs> do people laugh when you do that? Yeah, they they look at me like I'm weird. I thought it was normal until I got older. <laughs> That's funny. 
Well, listen, Big, I, and, and you told me this interview is going to last 10 minutes, and it's last longer than 10 minutes, okay? And I, I think it's great for people um, to hear your story. Um, number one, to find out where you came from, uh, what you went through at the university, and where you are now, the success you're having now. Like, I think that's important for people to hear. And it's good, it's good to hear somebody say, you know what, I got better you know, after college, because you, you can't go back and you can't do that over. No, not at all. You can't. All you can do is focus in on the present. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, what's what's the future hold for Biggie McLean? Uh, you know, I got a God willing. I want to I want I just want to be the best I could be, you know, so my daughter starts playing. She could look up and, and be proud of me and to see what I accomplished and also when it's her time and I could be there to point in the right direction to where I messed up at or what I could have did better and just give her suggestions. So that that's my biggest thing about it. Just being a good father as as I get older. Now when you that's that's great. When you get uh finished playing and raising your daughter, where do you want to live? Man, I've been in the I've been in Cincinnati for twelve years, so I don't I don't really see myself leaving Cincinnati. Well, that's good to hear, man. So, so you're gonna come to some more Bearcat games. You're gonna stay engaged yeah, with yeah, the program. It's tough because um, I'm always going during the season, but I, I plan to get to some more games. You know, I didn't like Cincinnati at first, but uh, I, I knew as soon as I, I was finished school, I was gonna leave. But I, I, it was, I just, grew, I grew to love it. I grew to love mm-hmm. Cincinnati. What, what, what? Okay, so let me ask you this real quick. Being from the, the East Coast, and I, I love the East Coast, but what did you, what did you like so much about Cincinnati? It was slow. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it was coming from Rock. It was real slow. The people were a little different because you know a lot of people in some places, East Coast people are different. Like they just, aren't aggressive. You know, Cincinnati really wasn't like that. Everybody was cool, laid back. Right. Everybody says hi to you. And that was weird for me at first too. Mm-hmm. That, that was probably the weirdest part. Everybody says hello to you. You're like, why are you saying hi? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was, but it was cool though. I just, it was something about the campus. The campus just drew me because, you know, Rutgers. Up here in Jersey, they got like eight different campuses in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, like it is huge. So I mean, it was, it was a place I get around and learning more about it. I, man, it was I had to be there and then meeting a lot of old players. And everybody was cool, welcoming mm-hmm. with open arms. So, so I, I really enjoyed it. Now I, I wouldn't regret. I don't take anything back. Yeah, that's awesome. And and listen, you average two points a game, like we've talked about. And you you didn't play a whole bunch. Same with me, but I think you still hold a place, you know, amongst the fans, and people know who you are. People remember you, and you know when you were here, I mean, you were a good dude, and I think that goes a long way. Um, and I'm sure you're gonna try your best to come back to some games, and I guarantee you the fans be happy to see you. Yeah, it's crazy because even when I would come back a couple of years ago, uh, I w- I feel like I never left. Mm-hmm. The workers to some of the some of the uh, fans there, it was it was weird for me. It was that it was probably weird for me. Yeah, when I came back. Yeah, for sure, man. No, but when you when you do come back, uh, you gotta make sure you hit me up, and uh, we'll get to a practice. We'll go to a game, something. Oh uh, yes, sir. I could I could definitely do that. Yeah, definitely connect up. Well, listen, big man, I appreciate you sharing your story, man. It's a, it's a, I think a good one for people to hear. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best here in the future. All right? All right. Thank you, Money Meach. <laughs> All right, big man. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Later.
I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at Big Meach 41 and soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.